Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I love being able to interview people who try to give back so much to the community that has given them so much. And our guest today, Bob DeMeo, is probably somebody that you've heard of, but might not entirely know why you've heard of him because he's, well, he's kind of everywhere. But there's been some really cool stuff that have happened in the last 40 days for him. And and just to put all of this into context, I I want you guys to understand this. So first off, they just acquired a firm with 80 employees, acquired a firm, with over 80 billion assets under investment on April 1st. Number two, Barron's ranked them number one on their annual top 50 institutional consulting teams as of April 14th. He's been in business for 25 years and they just hired a new COO. So from context, you guys are already thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to be so much fun. We're going to learn so much from Bob. I'm really excited about interviewing him and Bob, welcome to the show. Hey, Matt, thank you so much. Uh, Very unusual times here, but thrilled to be uh, back on your show again. And I've been listening intently to your episodes. Really appreciate all the great work you're doing. Well, thanks, man. We we truly, truly appreciate that. Now, I I just gave a, a recent history to our listeners, but if you don't mind, would you talk to us about your history? I mean, how did you become somebody or a firm that can acquire an 80 employee, $80 billion firm? Yeah, well, thanks so much. I, I, I think you become that by being blessed in a lot of ways, right? And uh, so if we go back and we look at kind of the Wayback Machine, 25 years ago, last week, May 1st, myself and Bill Schneider and five others, we started the Mayo Schneider. We kind of launched out of the old Kidder Peabody when, uh, when that firm was sold by GE. And basically, for many years, we served three markets. Uh, we primarily serve uh, large retirement plan sponsors. Nonprofits, you know, the hospital, university, endowment foundation, and then private clients. And then in the last, I would say, five to 10 years, we really have gained momentum. I'll call it the expert, the experts expert practice, which is selling research and other support services to many other investment advisors. So, uh, you know, we, we've been hard at it and uh, just a lot of people. We're 180 people now, and we, we call it an acquisition. I call it almost more of a merger here. But it's really terrific. And uh, again, we feel very fortunate and blessed and we're going in the same direction. You just talked right out of the gate about how we're in some very interesting times. Let's talk about navigating the crisis. Now that the initial shock and reaction is, is subsided some, what should advisors be thinking about right now? Yeah, that's uh, that, that's very important, and uh, it's top of mind for so many folks. And I sort of think of, uh, let's look back to, call it March 15th-ish or so, and I think when a lot of the U.S. started taking this very seriously. And everyone, I think, you know, it's kind of a shock factor, particularly if you're running a practice or a firm, what do we do? How do we take care of our people? How do we make sure folks are okay? How do we serve clients? And, and on and on with that. And now I'm not saying we're in a normal, but folks are developing more of a routine and so on. And so I would say this threefold to, to, to respond to sort of how I would suggest an advisor navigate things at this present time. 
first continue to take care of clients, teammates, yourself. That, that, that's just an absolute given and we can do 10 podcasts on that. Next, I'll call them current efforts for serving clients and colleagues. So whatever we need to do to make sure that we're there, what a great opportunity to show and demonstrate value added for clients. What a great opportunity to be there for colleagues to let them know it's more about more than just KPIs or assets under advisement or revenue or earnings, whatever the case may be. But I'm also going to say, in addition to these current efforts, I think it makes great sense to incorporate, and I'll say at the right ratio, but to incorporate future success efforts. So what I mean by that is if you look at either your career or maybe your department or your whole organization, what can you be doing right now? Can't ignore what, what currently is required, but what can be worked in under the future success efforts and good is going to come out of this. And I can give some examples and so on, but, but we're in this right now and on the back end, what is the comeback story going to be for your practice and the way you go about doing things, the way you serve clients, treat colleagues and, and on and on. Hey, Bob, let me pause you there, because how do you even think about that when you're still knee-deep in this shock and awe? Yeah, you've heard, don't waste a good crisis, and I, I don't love that term in this particular crisis only because of the health component to it, and, and it's not to minimize at all the seriousness of it and really the tragedy of it. That said... We are going to come out of this at some point in time, far more likely than not, this is going to be a robust economy and a growth oriented environment. And, and I think of so many great innovations that have come about as a result of me, not guys like Matt and Bob sitting around having a cocktail when we're on top of the world saying, how could we really become great? That, that's not where great innovation comes from. I love the Southwest Airlines story. We'll see what happens this year, of course. But think of Southwest Airlines. No airline has any business being successful and profitable for 47 consecutive years. At the, you know, for all of us uh, um, sort of sports crave uh, fans out there that might be paying attention to the last dance with Michael Jordan on ESPN, I, uh, I, I will compare what Southwest Airlines has done with 47 consecutive years of profits being like tenfold to what Michael Jordan did. And I'm from Chicago and, and love the Bulls. So when you think about uh, uh, Southwest Airlines and every other major airline went bankrupt during that time, even the ones that are around right now, the Americans, the United Zone, have bankrupt and came out of bankruptcy. And Southwest Air has 47 consecutive years of profits. That came about out of need. They used to have four planes. They simply ran routes inside of the state of Texas. They were cash-strapped. They had to sell a plane. They were down to three planes. You know, they could see sort of an inflection point where they either were going to do something special or go out of business. And that's when these folks got together. And they really innovated and they developed back then the 10 minute turn. How do we pull a plane into the gate, mm -hmm. get people off, clean its services, and get people back on and turn this around quicker than anybody even thinks possible so that we would have the ability to go ahead and manage the cash. And ultimately that led, as I mentioned, to 47 years of profit. So 
for us as advisors, we've got to think there's a back end to this. Yep. Can't give up on the front end. We've yeah. got to manage clients and colleagues and ourselves today, but there's a back end and what can we do to make sure that we're properly positioned? You know, Bob, some of the greatest inventions ever, whether they were advancements in science or math or social structure, airlines, all happened during times where people had periods of isolation. I'm very, very excited and interested to see all of the different things that have come out of the back end of this. Now, when we're talking about client deliverables, because remember, this is a marketing podcast, so we always need to kind of keep that marketing spin on this. How do firms need to or should they think about their client deliverables, especially when it comes to research-based stuff? That's a, that's a really good question, Matt. And I think it's important if we just take it a little bit broader for a moment for any leader, any manager, any owner, any advisor to really try to double down on their purpose. Why does your organization exist? Our organization exists to help clients prosper. That's at the very top. And then that obviously leads to many, many other decisions and branches and such. But I would say this, so, so we're, as I mentioned, 25 years old as a firm now, we're 180 people, we've got over 50 people in our research effort. I have never served on the firm's investment committee. This is from, from day, you know, my name's first on the door. I, I intentionally did not serve on the investment committee from day one because two things. A, I'm not super, super passionate about just cranking away on the analytical side. And it just doesn't mesh quite as well with what really fulfills and stimulates me. And I'll do whatever it takes you know, for the firm or, or for anything with good, good cause or purpose. So I can do anything for a period of time. But I knew right out of the gate that research was not necessarily the thing that would drive me, nor is it the area where I can add the greatest value. There are other folks, my colleagues, who are not only more passionate about it, but they're better. And so I would say, when I talk about doubling down on your purpose, I think there are a lot of advisors. I was mentioning that we actually add, we've got about 35 clients. These are other registered investment advisors, trust companies, some broker dealers, multifamily offices, where we actually sell our research to them so they can serve their clients. And April was a tough month for new business. We actually added a new client in April in terms of acquiring our research and so on, because this particular RIA, they're saying, hey, what are we about? With this volatile market, obviously it didn't start in, in, in April, but we've been kind of working with one another and moving towards this for a bit. But I think it's really important that firms and advisors say, is my passion working with a client, understanding their needs, providing a solution, or is it tearing through analysis and doing the analytical work and if it's the former, it probably makes sense to talk to a firm like us. I love talking to financial advisors about making sure that they stay in their lane, right? It's the same thing with, with research. It's the same thing with marketing. It's the same thing with client communication. Advisors need to look at what they should outsource because, as you know, Bob, they outsource that stuff. It frees up a bunch of brain space and a whole bunch of time for them to be able to do what they do really well. And I know lots of financial services professionals out there who research isn't their bag of tricks, man, right? That's not what they love to focus on. And being able to outsource that to somebody like you, 
that can provide them with great client-facing material and not just client-facing material, but stuff that they can truly understand and sink their teeth into can really increase their confidence and, again, allow them to do the things that they should be. Marketing, you know, client service, especially picking up the darn phone right now and having conversations with their clients, right? Oh, totally. And and that's spot on because most advisors want to spend their time. It is with that client. They develop the relationships with that client. And then we become, Demeo Schneider becomes an extension of staff to them. And we'll private label, white label, all of our research materials, our videos, our updates. We're probably putting out uh, 10 pieces a week of late. Even if someone loves the research part, they have to kind of ask themselves, am I able to keep up in this sort of environment? And maybe I just want an extension of staff, or if they don't love it at all, they can just outsource the whole thing. And, and yes, I, frankly, you mentioned we just hired a COO. We did that on Monday. That's me doing that exact same thing. I am more fulfilled by pursuing business, by helping certain larger clients with complex problems, by growing young professionals in our shop. That is so much more stimulating to me than some of the work that a COO does. But let me tell you, our COO and our other professional leaders, particularly on the operations side, they're really good and they're really stimulated by that stuff. And, and that's key. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest things we ever did here at Top Advisor Marketing was hire a COO. Uh, it's unbelievable because Kirk and I, you know, we're both creative in very different ways. And having that key person in place who really, once again, really truly loves some aspect of business that you don't. And backfilling your organization with something like that, or even front-loading your organization, can make a world of difference. Now, you guys just did something else. I mean, dude, you've been doing a lot of cool stuff, but this is really neat, this Financial Advisor Pulse Survey. What was that? What started it? What are the results? And, and if people want to get their hands on this, how do they do that? I was blown away by what you guys did. So let's talk about that. Yeah, that's great, Matt. So most of most good ideas are uh, only 10% original, right? And I have to admit, this is one of those. There is someone I spoke recently at one of the big accounting firms. They had me in and they had an expert who advises law firms, basically a consultant for the law firm industry. We work with many, many cash balance retirement plans and so on for some of the biggest law firms in the world. And so they brought the two of us in to basically talk to a group of COOs and chief financial officers from some of these really big law firms. And I found out that this other fellow who's terrific, he basically was conducting a survey on, hey, how are law firms responding to the COVID-19 crisis? And, and are they cutting back staff? And are they changing the way that they market? And you know, various other things. Of course, it got my wheels turning. And I said, well, why don't we do this with our advisor clients? As I mentioned, we've got about 35 firms. So we created this pulse survey. It's pretty short, but it's pretty meaningful. And it touches on things like sentiment, uh, how are advisors feeling, how concerned are they, economic outlook. What about cost savings? Are you cutting back staff? Are you even considering adding staff? What about marketing? How about how are you spending your time? Is it more on playing defense and keeping and helping clients or is it more on offense? So that we just completed. We're going to be doing a webinar on it in about a week or, or so. And we're going to update this periodically. So uh, quite frankly, other advisors and particularly RIA's firms, we're looking more so as opposed to individuals, but firms who would want to participate in this can do so. And then by participating, we share the results and so on. Because of your long-term success, I hope you don't mind if I switch gears just a little bit and dive into you a little bit more as, as just a, you know, 
a guy who puts his pants on, well, you might do them both legs at a time, but I don't because I'll fall over. Uh, but can we? do you mind if I ask you just a couple of questions about what makes you tick? Not at all. But I will preface it. It's more uh, workout and fitness pants than, <laughs> than anything else. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, okay. A nice crisp shirt, but, but workout pants. Yeah. Uh, so my, my wife, it's so funny that you say that. My, before this podcast, my wife said, I just heard something really funny. The business mullet where your party on the, or your business on the top and party on the bottom. Uh, so many of us are wearing nice shirts and shorts or, or well, hopefully at least shorts, but now you do charity work. So would you mind sharing a little bit about what you do to give back and how you feed your soul? Oh yeah, Matt, that is, uh, and there's so many people doing so, so many good things right now. And it begins with frontline workers, right? I, I almost, as I watch the nightly news, I'm almost brought to tears when I see the frontline workers and, and just, you know, that's like the fireman running into a fight. It's just, it's just the opposite of, of kind of what human nature uh, would probe you to do. So, right, how, how can you give back? So I serve on several boards uh, and uh, Special Olympics, Year Up, which is a wonderful organization, a number of other places. But my wife and I, what basically we did, as soon as the crisis kind of hit with force, I will say in mid-March, we basically said, hey, what can we be doing to help out? And we picked a handful of organizations like Feeding America. Uh, you know, there's great food insecurity that comes along with this crisis. And, uh, you know, shelter is, is certainly one thing, and there are many, many other important needs. But food is, if not at the very top of the list, it's right up there. So, organizations like Feeding America, and then DeMeo Schneider, we went ahead and we did a firm-wide thing with Meals on Wheels, and there are a number of chapters around, around the country, and so colleagues participated in that in a big way, and then the firm matched donations to Meals on Wheels, and then the president of DeMeo Schneider, Mark Wetzel, he and his wife, I just learned this this morning, he and his wife did something awesome out east. Uh, they live in Hartford, and uh, they're very involved with nonprofits, but they said, boy, businesses, I'm sorry, restaurants are challenged, possibly going out of business. There is this food insecurity. So they're working with a local nonprofit where they basically made a donation. The local nonprofit is buying 110 meals a day from local restaurants. They've got some kids delivering them and they're doing this. They committed to five weeks of doing this and then we'll see what happens on the back end. So it's that sort of thing that uh, that we're doing. And again, so many folks are doing so many. If you had a piece of advice for new advisors or new agents that you wish you would have known 25 years ago, what, what would it be? Well, right here, right now, I have to circle back to what is your comeback story going to be on the back end of this? this we will come through this. There will be a robust economy. No one knows because it's not uh, economists and portfolio managers that will wave the all clear flag. It's going to be doctors and scientists. But there's never been a crisis in the history of history that we haven't come out of on the other end. And so there will be robust economy, a growth oriented uh, a feel to our business and industry. And what is your what is your comeback story going to be? How are you going to do things different, better, more helpful to clients? more helpful to yourself, more aligned with what really is important to you and how you can add value. So I would just add folks, hey, we've got to take care of things day in, day out. There's no question that client needs us today, that colleague needs us today, that family member needs, I get all of that. But what is your comeback story going to be? You're probably not on a plane or a train as much as you were, 
can you borrow a little bit of that time that, that that's been created to start to craft your comeback story for three, six, nine, 12 months from now? I'm assuming that you spend a lot of time in study, uh, in research, not only personally, but also professionally. Do you have like a go-to book, Bob, or a a TED talk or something that you send people to on a regular basis that you're like, man, I love this. And I wish everybody had a chance to either read it or hear it. Yeah. So I would say that one of the books I've given away the most, actually two books, one is Happy Money. It's a book on uh, actual clinical research that was performed on the types of expenditures that made people happy. There's a lot of conjecture around this, but this actually is clinical research I made my kids read it and so many others, and I send that book out a lot, Happy Money. And then the other one is Oswald Chambers, um, and that is a daily devotional. And I will tell you, it's unbelievable, even though it was written decades and decades ago, particularly as we go through this crisis, how it's almost as though it's known exactly where I am and what I need. So those are, those are two, I've probably given away dozens of each over, over time. Now, Bob, as a fellow professional, you you know that uh, I'm going to do all of the research that I possibly can to prepare for these podcasts to make sure I ask the best questions and tease the information out of you that our listeners will truly want to hear. But a lot of times I miss the point or I miss something. What questions should I have asked you that I didn't? Maybe the one question, I'll circle back now. We're, we're kind of talking a, a little bit, it might have gotten a little weighted towards, wait, how can I succeed? How can I do better? How can my firm do better? And that, that, that's important because I, it's a marketing podcast, right? Although I would say it's also for leaders, it's an exceptional time to really show colleagues and of course, friends and family that you care. So it's not just about the KPIs, it's that checking in. It's amazing the connectivity that can occur here while we're socially distanced. And really, uh, I've got a mentee, I just talked to him this morning, a fellow in our IT group, and he is absolutely terrific. But just checking in, I didn't ask anything about business, but just, just really asked about what's going on, found out his mother's teaching him via Zoom how to cook, and he started to make some of the recipes that his mom uh, made while he was growing up, and he got outside and played a little basketball last weekend. And, and so I, I just think that when this is all over, talking about the crisis, certainly we're going to know, did we come out better or worse? And did we prepare? And did we excel from a business perspective, helping clients and growing our business? But I think we'll also come out and we'll know, hey, did, did my colleagues and my friends and my family members really have an understanding of where my heart is on matters. And, um, you know, I would just hope there are no regrets for folks out there. Listening to you say that, especially when it came to the mentee, there is one final question that I have for you, which is what keeps you working so hard every day? I mean, you have amazing drive. Where does that come from? Where, When you feel lost or whatever, how do you keep yourself so focused and, and continuing to move the ball down the field? Great question. I, I, I will thank my mother who is 83 and she's probably struggling amongst everyone I know, perhaps the most or, or higher up on the scale in this because she typically goes to the health club two or three times a week. She's got lunches and dinners and hosts girls weekends up at the lake. So some of that is just genetic for sure. And then 
part of it is I'm a people, I actually gain energy chatting with you, Matt, chatting with clients, colleagues, I gain energy from people. And then the other, I just truly believe this, like unless you rest in God, you don't rest. So for me, I have a source that uh, is unfailing and that's pretty helpful in these times. Well, Bob, thank you very much for taking some time and talking to us about all the cool stuff that you guys are doing at Demeo Scheider and Associates, and also your research and how advisors can take advantage of the Pulse study and hopefully take advantage of, of your research tools. So thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Matt. Absolute pleasure. Uh, be safe and be well. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. And if you know somebody who really could use this, it's super easy to share the podcast by clicking the share button. And if you have any ideas for any podcast that you'd like us to do, especially when it comes to marketing or you know a financial services professional that's doing a really great job or a person who would be a great guest for us, all you have to do is email me at matt at topadvisorm. So for Bob and for everybody at his organization, this is Matt Halloran, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.